God for it. Um, just in case, but um, the day when I was leaving, I told Pastor, I said, Can I, I want to confess something to you. And he was like, oh, no, I'm not a priest. Well, no, he was good to listen to me. And he said, not a priest, but I was using the wrong choice of words. But I want to say, I enjoy talking to Pastor because I kid you not, um, over the years, in just a little short term, um, the Lord convicted me because the devil be working like trying to turn me against things. And I was like, I said, Brian and Jeremy have the sweetest wives. I said, they got so much sweetness and niceness. I said, but I told Pastor, I said, but your boys don't speak. They don't talk. And they was always keeping me from, like, coming to y'all Sunday school. I mean, every, I use any and every excuse to keep from Sunday school. And um, the Lord convicted me. And when I came here, because I was like, oh, I love Dale's class. I only come into Dale's. I'm just, he got me engaged. The Lord convicted me because um, I got up this morning and I was thinking about, hundred things to keep me, because I said, well, I got another week to slide by, because we're not going to be into the adventure classes until, I'm still talking to myself, and it's like, this is what I'm saying, and I'm saying, I got another week to slide, and um, we won't be in individual class till Dale start back up, and the Lord woke me up, and he convicted me, so I came to church, and I was in this, all of us was in here, and just to hear Jeremy speak, it was wonderful, you know, and the Lord convicted me of that, because I was using all kind of excuses not to get there on time. And then when, um, and you're preaching, Brian, in the Word this morning, you said something that I saw myself in, like, I had to make sure airy hair and makeup was in strand. We're all about family. We all worship the Lord. It don't have to be like that. I combed my hair back, put a hat on, and I was able to come. So I thank God for that. And, you know, and I'm glad that he showed me my ways because I'm pointing fingers at somebody else's way. The Lord's like, okay, let me deal with your sin. And I appreciate God in every manner. Yes. Amen. Praise God. I just want to say thank you. I got a lot of encouragement from on my Sunday school this morning. I just want to, you know, a lot of times I don't think I say it enough, but I really appreciate that, and it's very, very encouraging to hear people's feedback on that. And also, I do want to apologize because I know I really, I haven't really never even thought about it. That I, you know, but a lot of people notice that, you know, if you don't really say hi to them and things like that. And I think that I can do better on something like that. And I'm glad you you even brought that you know to our attention. So I will try to do better on that. But um, I also just want to appreciate everybody who a lot of the um, new people have given me encouragement. And, you know, sometimes people think it just go in one ear and out the other. Oh, you hear it from everybody. But it was very encouraging to hear people's feedback. Even negative feedback is still encouraging. At least I know they're listening, you know. So I just thank God for that and how it encouraged me. And you guys um, just look forward to the rest of the things that we will be doing, all the Sunday school teachers next week. And later on after that we're going to be doing another thing quite like we did so thank god for that brother charles just want to just thank the lord just for me on being my lord and savior but my testimony is not really about nothing myself it's about my brother uh duane I just want to put him on the spot for, for a time because <laughs> this song he sang tonight has been in the works for a long time. I know we had, I think he, I think you had sang it before a couple of years ago or so, but when the movie came out, I can only imagine me and Dwayne talk a lot and uh, he had told me that he wanted to do the song. So I know he brought it to Heidi and we worked together and we did a, we worked a, 
pretty long time. I think the movie's been out for over a couple of months, but uh, some things happened. Uh, you're supposed to say it before some things happened, but just the uh, just the the joy that I know he that he was in his heart to sing the song and wanted us together as the, the ensemble to to help to play it for him. And uh, it was uh, just a work in progress. And I just want to know that he really touched my heart tonight singing it. Uh, uh, and just Heidi too. She just and 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 uh, Chantel. They just they worked so hard on it. I know Chantel's part probably probably the hardest part of the song besides Dwayne singing it. And uh, Aaron just playing the drums and just encouraging me. I wanted to do a whole lot more. Just just had so much other, some more things pictured in my mind with the song. But Aaron said something to me the other night, well last week that just to keep it simple, you know, less is more. And that's, and that's something I've always heard in, 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 in music and in, in playing the bass and in, 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 in music in general. The less you do is the more. So just to feel the song that, and the words and knowing that Dwayne sang it from his heart was just a, a blessing to me. And it was, like I said, it was, a, it was a long road to getting here tonight to, for him to do it, but I know it blessed everybody to hear him sing it tonight. I just want to thank the Lord for giving me an amazing son who turned seven on August the 20th. I am so thankful for that young boy. I mean, when I tell you he is very smart, he is respectful, he is everything that I just really wanted in a little boy. I can't really say it's all God's doing the way that he's growing up and understanding and learning from all of the good influences that he has around him. And it's important for me to um, make sure that he gets taught the word he does here, he does at school, and we try to make sure we instill that in him so I'm really thankful for him and his growth um, I'm just really happy I don't get a lot of reports that he's disrespectful to you guys because I make sure that if you do he will get taught <laughs> a lesson and he doesn't get really a lot of whooping so I'm really thankful for Josiah so that's all I really wanted to say just want to thank God for speaking to me and just like everybody else and just listen to the testimonies. I, I've been <laughs> sitting on one for a while, but one thing that came to mind was I do thank God for being at a full-time job so now I can actually talk to more people about different things. But last week a lady came in and I forgot what I helped her with, but oh, I helped her with something with her church. And um, for some reason she was like, you go to church? And I was like, yeah. And I told her I go to Sweet Communion. She's like, oh, how long you been going there? I was like, since I was nine years old. And she was, she looked so surprised. And I was like, what? She's like, really? And then I just kept going. I'm like, yeah, I've been there since I was nine years old. And we have this going on and that going on. I'm best friends with the pastor's daughter and all this other stuff for like over 20 years and everything. And, and then I was just thinking when I was working on some of the announcements and flyers for what's coming up like I always say I was like we're a small church but we do such incredible things like just to let people know we don't have to have like hundreds of us just to you know put on a play or go at the mission or do any of the things that we're doing it's just that's all God just working through us and just choosing each of us and using our different gifts and talents and abilities just to be able to bring praise to him and and then something I just kind of challenged myself on lately and been thinking about, like, um, I just want to, I was like, I want the church to grow. I definitely want to see all the seats filled. But I was like, I'm going to make sure that 
at least when I walk past somebody, kind of like we were kind of hinting at earlier, that I'm saying good morning or good evening and stuff because this church is like my family. I didn't grow up with a whole lot of siblings in this, and it's only me, my mom, and my dad, and, and now Lawrence too. But it's like I didn't grow up where I see all my family members when I get to walk in. So when I walk in, I say hi, I try to say hi to everybody, at least when I see them. But, you know, I see when I come in, I see people who are like grandparents, people who are like aunts and uncles, people who are like cousins, and then my friend's children who I call them like my nieces and nephews. That just means so much to me, and that's just, that's just the glory of God. And I was thinking when we were talking about what sweet communion means, like it just means just that. It doesn't have to be any more, and it's definitely nothing less. And so just want to encourage everybody to continue to just take on the challenges that are set, just doing the things that we're doing so we can continue to bring glory to God because, and I'm always thinking ahead, and especially at my job now, and I'm seeing all the stuff that I can do or what my job can do. I'm like, I can't wait to the 25th anniversary because I've got so many things that I want to be a part of and help plan with, and I know that the leadership team and, their, and some other people probably have things later in the future, but that's a big testimony too because someone was like, my church is 173 or 83 or 90, and I'm like, we, we ain't that far yet, but 25 is a big number. <laughs> 25 is a great number, especially being an inner city church on a corner where everything happens. That's just a great testimony for Sweet Communion. for the opportunities that we have on Monday nights. Um, the Jackie and I um, have the opportunity to speak to the women because um, we basically, we from the scriptures, tell them about our lives and what change the Lord has made in our lives. But we, we go through the Roman road, we talk about heaven, we talk about hell, and Jackie and I are just like in sync. She has a verse, I have a verse. We, we talk, we speak on that. We talk about the greatness of who God is. The ladies share a little bit, but um, the awesomeness is, of it is that um, even while we're driving there, Jackie and I are talking about the goodness of Christ and who he is in our lives. And we'll see, we walk, we drive through, um, Pastor said, this is the domain of darkness, but you ought to go down Atkinson. Now that's the domain of darkness. <laughs> it's pretty scary. But as we're driving down there, I said, well, look, look at those nice people coming. Jackie's, no, they're coming from Devmet. They're coming from somewhere they ain't got no business coming from. <laughs> but we talk about that. Oh, so we praise, I praise the Lord for that. Then I like to praise the Lord because I don't openly, I try every Saturday to tell the choir how, how thankful I am for, for them. Um, and I might not always get it, it might not always come across, but my intent is to always say thank you to them for showing up on Saturdays because I bring no skills to the choir rehearsal. All I bring is a willing heart that wants to serve and to wants to to sing to glory to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And they come out, and you guys think Saturday, Sunday mornings just happen, but they don't. They, it's a lot of work behind that and a big commitment behind every single one of them um, that have said that they would come out to choir rehearsal and they would practice because lots of churches don't even have choirs in the summer. Lots of churches don't have choirs at all. They have singing groups that they pay for, and these people sing on Sunday morning, do a beautiful job. I mean, if the church can do that, that's fine. But all I'm saying is these people are coming out on Saturday and committing to that ministry. So I really praise the Lord for them. They will never know. And then this Saturday at the rescue mission, I really praise the Lord because I was a really 
all in a tizzy on Saturday. And Heidi said, stop, let's pray, let's pray. So she stopped and she prayed with me. And Aaron, I told Aaron I was, you know, like just it was a bad day. And Aaron just looked at me with a, like, what can I do to help her? And uh, just, I could hear it even in his voice when he was singing. It was like, I'm gonna make myself a choir of one. And Mickey's gonna hear me singing. And I just praise the Lord so much for that. And then the next day he walked alongside me. He just um, squatted right here and he said, I'm praying things are better for you. I said, well, they're a little better, but, you know. <laughs> so I just praise the Lord for their ministry and their testimony. Praise God. Mrs. Dick. I like to praise the Lord tonight for two people. I praise the stole Lord the for. Spotlight. Huh? <laughs> I said, you stole Did the spotlight. I, somebody's spot. <laughs> you go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I just want to praise the Lord for my nephew, Dwayne, for singing that song. It touched my heart, you know, and, uh. I've been after him a long time to sing that song, and he, he just said, well, when I get ready, I guess, when they let me sing it. <laughs> and, you know, and I just praise the Lord because that song really touched my heart. He's thinking about when we stand before God, uh, what, what are we going to say? Nothing. Because he, we, he's done it all. You know, what can we say? But fall down on our knees and say, thank you, Lord. And I just praise the Lord for a wonderful wife that he's given me, and uh the blessings that she's been to me and taking care of me, you know, through the times that I go to dialysis and everything. And, and I just praise the Lord because, you know, people just don't know how rough it is sometimes when you go to dialysis. We have, I've seen people on the floor that have had heart attacks. And, and this week, uh, a real old lady that had been coming, she was 94 years old, Miss Brown, passed away. And so uh, we just praise the Lord for her. You know, I know she's jumping in heaven now. And I just praise the Lord that, you know, you have people around that come in and say, yeah, God is blessed. You know, she never heard her say a bad word about anybody. And she just uh, praised the Lord all the time. And I just thank the Lord for all those things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is sort of a testimony from Naomi and me both. When we were at the house this afternoon, he got a new set of books, and they're called answer books. And they're questions that children often ask. And I said, Naomi, what's something that, that you'd like to just ask? What's something you wonder about? And she said, well, when did God begin? Who created whom? How, how, why, how did he get everything going? How could he create everything? And the answers were there in the book about the fact that God is infinite. God doesn't have a beginning in the end. He created time for us. He has no time. Isn't that right? Anything else you want to add? Huh? Yeah, anyway, she, it was interesting because we were able to talk about it together, and I really appreciate the opportunity because it made me stop and think, too, how many times do we stop and think how awesome God is that he doesn't have time, that time is a human thing that he created for us, First thing he created was day and night, created time for us. But he doesn't have time. And it is an awesome idea. It's something we can't understand. Mm -hmm. You know, it's beyond human understanding to think about God and his infiniteness. But it really gave me an opportunity to think about that, talk about it with Naomi. And I really appreciate her being there with her question today. And hopefully she'll have more questions in the future. Amen. But I thank God for that. All right, Brother Dill. Um, I want to pray. Yeah. I want to praise the Lord uh, for Dwayne too. I was proud of him. I was watching him 
He's been rehearsing that song for a long time. And it's one thing with somebody just singing the song, but it's one thing, it's another thing with somebody singing the song, and you know it comes from their heart. And you know that they really love the Lord, and you know you can see it in their life. Their love for the Lord comes through in the song. And so that's what it came through. Dwayne's love for God came through in that, in that song and it ministered to, to me, and I'm sure it ministered to all. So I praise God for, for what he did in Dwayne tonight. Um, I just want to thank God for, um, (laughs) I've really been like extremely overwhelmed for the past couple of weeks, I can say, and just because there's been so much new stuff going on in my life with um, my kids starting a new school and then me starting a new job and me just preparing to put Alex into school, hoping that he get in. But basically, I'm just thankful because my kids did get into the Christian school that I wanted. It's only (laughs) literally one minute away from my house. So we saving so much more gas. And just for their teachers to have seen them for only two days that past weekend gave a good testimony on them just saying how respectful they was and how good of a student they are and how they just um, basically appreciate what I'm doing with them and um, just for me to keep it up. So it was just really a great testimony um, for them um, and just to actually see um, that I'm doing something right. And um, also just with my job, the lady was telling me how she really appreciates me and how she just sees something in me. She was like, I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I know you're a Christian, but I just don't know what it is, but you helping me so much. I know you haven't been here long, but my house is better and the kids acting better. And she just was giving all these compliments. And I'm just like, I only been here for three days. And it's just like, but I was just thankful that she, was saying the different stuff, and I hope that I can be a good testimony to her and reach, I mean, you know, share the gospel with her more, because she says that she is saved, but I just, if I have that opportunity, I want to be able to do that, so pray about that, and also that Alex um, get into school, but I also just thank God for what he's doing in my life personally, just because I know um, just a couple months ago, well, not even, I guess I can say yeah, a couple of months ago, like, it was things that I know, like, it wasn't terrible things, but just stuff like people I hung with, things that, places that I went was just not, like, <laughs> where I knew I shouldn't have been at, and it was just making me super uncomfortable and super convicted, and just to, for me to make that promise to myself, and my husband just saying, like, you know, I'm not, keep me accountable on this. I want to be a testimony. I want to be, if I have to be the better leader in this house because he's not as faithful, I want to be that. And it just made me, like, since that day, I can promise that I have not been out. I have not had a drink. And it's just like, it's really hard because you feel like you're missing out on so much when you're not doing it. And people come to me, my friends still call me, and they're like, well, you want to go here? You want to go there? And I'm just like, do I want to <laughs> Like, I want to go, but I know it's not right, and it's so tempting. But I'm just thankful how God is working in my life because it is very hard, but he is really working in me, and I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, praise God. I thank Lord for... Um, I really do like teaching the little kids in Sunday school. I just like anything that has to do with little people. But um, 
I just praise God. We're going through the book of Joshua, and this morning I got the distinct honor of going through Joshua chapter 2 where we had to teach about Rahab the prostitute. And, uh, of course, they was like, what is prostitute? And I was like, oh, Lord, why do I have to teach them about what a prostitute is? Anyway, so I tried to keep it clean and, um, you know, try to just tell them that, you know, that's expressing somebody, you hugged them or kissed them, and you would, they would pay you for that. And they was like, ooh, that's so nasty, oh, my God, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, the real thing about Rahab is that it teaches you how unworthy we are and when you was teaching about salvation this morning and how unworthy we are, none of us deserve salvation. And when you look at Rahab, you realize that why would God choose Rahab? Then you think, why would God choose me? Why would he ever think of me and call me by name? I don't know, but it was just a beautiful lesson just to make us think in relation to how unworthy we are in regards to, you know, the story of Rahab. Yep. Praise God. I remember correctly, she's also in the line of Christ. Um, Jordan is a month today, actually. So <laughs> I can't believe it. I was like, wow, he's a month old today. So I hadn't given a testimony about his birth, but I do want to thank the Lord so much for um, all of you praying for me. And I know when I came to Jump Rope Camp, I mean, Grandma and many were like, what are you doing here? And then and Mickey wouldn't even let me turn the rope. <laughs> she said. And then some people, Megan was like, why don't you jump? You know, and I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> so we all had different ideas of how to, Jordan would come. But he did come, and I, I, you, all of you just mean so much to me and Brian because you guys are our family. Like um, people have been saying, not just Donna and Pastor and Chantel and Michelle, but all of you are. But um, I think that all the sisters in Christ here mean a lot to me. Um, like Chantel, she brought a meal to our house. It was so sweet. Like she brought all the kids. And then she's like, okay, kids, you're not eating any of this. We're going to go get our groceries now. And I was like, you went and got groceries for us, and then you took your kids grocery shopping. So that meant a lot. And, like, Michelle, she visited me at the hospital two times. She came one by one time, and then Elijah had to go potty. She left so fast. And then she came again and brought me some ice cream one of the times. Um, it's just, it means so much to me, all of you ladies here. Um, and, uh, you know, there's so many I could say. Uh, Patty, um, Jacqueline, they had texted me so many times. And Jacqueline and I did a lot of things together because the girls and Alex get along so good with my boys and that helps so much because my boys need to get out of the house still and they, the older ones and they are so full of energy and so getting out with my friends to have another pair of hands there has been the world to me so uh, thank you so much. Praise God. Alright John, your last testimony. Okay. I'd just like to thank God just for uh, my wife, we just celebrated our three-year anniversary. Um, I was just reflecting. I was thinking how far me and Keisha came. And I'm just thankful for people like my grandmother and Miss Kenner who, who offer great advice to us. My wife always come back when she has her devotion with Miss Kenner and <laughs> tell me, you know, what they talked about. And I, I get the message every time. And I'm like, I know, because that's just how Miss Kenner is. <laughs> and I look at her just like a grandmother as well. And I'm just so thankful for her with the devotions with my wife because I see the change in her from when I first met her to now being a wife for three years. <laughs> it's a big difference. And I thank God for that as well as for my grandparents because they always offer us good advice. We sit down and just go over there and sit down and talk to them sometimes and just hear stories of marriage. And, you know, we strive to have to be married that long like that. You know, that's a blessing to be married for so many years. 
and like I said, I just want to thank God for our anniversary, and I love my wife, and <laughs> I'm so thankful for her, and I know she's thankful for me, and I just want to be continue to be a good father, a good husband, a good brother, nephew, whatever, you know, son, everything that God, every position God has put me in, I just want to be a better person, and I just thank God for all the opportunity that he do give me to be a good role model to other people. God for all those testimonies. You know, testimonies, they they stay with you. Throughout the week, you'll remember somebody's testimony. You know, one of the things that's exciting sometimes, my wife, she might have to leave early on a Sunday night. She'll ask me, what was the testimonies? <laughs> uh, that was on Sunday night. Sunday night is a special time. We need to make all of our services special. Each service has its own purpose. They're not the same. I know a lot of people, they'll say, you go back to Sunday night, and they don't understand that it's a different service. So you have to explain it. Oh, wow, you guys have two different services on Sunday. And then we talk about Wednesday. That's a different service on its own. You praise God. Now, if you got different services, then also mean you're going to have different teachings. And so that puts a lot of stress on those people who do things to serve in the ministry. So what we need to do is reward those who serve by encouraging more and more people to come out to these different services that we do because it's a lot of time and effort put into it and it is a little discouraging when you look out you see all these rows we could have filled <laughs> so let's encourage people to come out to these services because they need to hear these testimonies sometimes the testimonies is what let people know man I, oh they going through that too right they may not hear it from the word unfortunately right but that's not necessarily unfortunate because it means that the word being preached is only one word that the w way the word gets out. There's more than one way. That's why we have multiple services, right? That's why we have lessons. We have Sunday school. We have sermons. We have meditations. We have prayer services. We have do different things because there's more than one way for the word to get out. A testimony is one of them. And after service, talking is another one, right? And hanging out, just believer to believer is another way and discipleship is another way and I encourage you all to be as involved as many of those as you can now myself my teaching has really grown because of the different ways that I've been able to go through God's word so I get to teach Sunday school which is a big honor in Sunday school I get to teach a big scope of things so I will teach a book or two books in six weeks and you have to teach in a different perspective from that, right? You got to teach from a long distance to do that in six weeks. And that teaches me one method of teaching. And then I go and I can sometimes have sermons, and that's a whole different way. And then sometimes I get to do my meditation, and that's another way. Sometimes on Thursday nights in my Bible study, you know, you guys are invited to that. That's another way. We go through verse by verse there. We spend as much time as we want to on Thursday night going through the Word because there's nothing rushing us. So the, all these ways of teaching, you can say in some way, man, you know, doesn't somebody get tired of teaching all that? Well, you get tired of eating your favorite food or watching your favorite show? Now, that don't mean it's not a work. Sometimes I do get tired of the amount of work you got to put in to do that, but it's a joy. And what happens is after a while, you first, when you first start doing it, maybe you are tired. Mm -hmm. But just like any other workout, once you do it for a while, you don't get as tired. 
And you start thinking, what else can I do? And so I always encourage you to think more. So I'm going to go through a little lesson. We did this at the rescue mission a little bit ago, going through Psalms 1. So those men who heard it, I apologize, but I had something else planned. I wasn't able to complete it because I got sick. So we'll have to go through this. So turn with me to Psalms 1. And we read there, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Now, this psalm is about being blessed. And if you want to talk about godliness, there's nothing more important than figuring out how to get blessed. You have to figure out how to be blessed. And the thing that I love about this psalm, too, is it's the first psalm. It's Psalm 1. Why does the psalm start with Psalm 1, right? Why is this the first psalm? And that's another question we got to ask ourselves. Why is this first? And let me tell you that Psalm 1, it is the prototypical psalm. It is the guide that all the other psalms follow. They all talk about how to be blessed. They all talk about rejoicing in God. They all talk about the contrast between the wicked and the righteous. Those are common themes that we see. The other thing I'm going to notice about a psalm is a psalm is a song right? It's something that's meant to be sung, it's meant to be remembered, it's meant to be a meditation. It's a wonderful thing because what a psalm does, in my own way, I think of a play similar to a psalm because a psalm, it not only does it hit you with the theology, but also the poetry, right? There is no song, you don't put philosophy to a song. You put poetry to a song. And so the psalm hits you with the theology, it hits you with the poetry, and then it hits you with the music, right? Now we lost the music. We don't know what Psalm 1 was sung like anymore. Yeah, we won't have the original song, right? What the Hebrews do. We got our own songs, right? We can make our own songs and we can make new ones. Maybe that should be a project we should do as a church. Make a song for each one of the songs. That was a project that I wanted to do. A song for each one of the psalms and a song for each one of the songs sung in Revelations. We can start with Revelations first because that's shorter, right? But Revelations is full of songs, isn't it? It's a good project because, let's just face it, some of the songs that we got that we call Christians now, yeah, man, we ain't going to even get into all the things that's wrong with them. Some of them don't even mention Jesus. Some of them don't have any kind of theological content. Look what it qualifies to be a song of God. So let's get into it. What does it mean to be blessed? What kind of man is blessed? Well, the first thing that we know about a man that's blessed is we know what he's not doing, right? It doesn't describe what he does. It describes what he doesn't do. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, who sta- nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Now, you'll see that there's a progression there, isn't there? There's walking, there's standing, there's sitting. 
And what does he mean that, that by that progression? Well, he started talking about the way of evil in a sense of somebody is growing in the way of evil. What does it mean to walk in the counsel of the wicked? Well, that means to walk according to the philosophies of this world. What's the counsel of the wicked? They say, hey, get, you got to get yours. That's the philosophy of the wicked, right? Get yours first. Everybody else is secondary. I heard another song. Well, these girls out here for everybody, right? So don't be mad. Basically, the message of the song was don't be mad if your girl cheating because, you know, it's not my fault. I'm just out there with all the girls. And yours just happened to be one of them. That's the counsel of the wicked. The counsel of the wicked is the philosophies of the world, and then we live according to that, right? He says, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked? Who stands in the way of sinners? What's it mean to stand in the way of the sinners? Well, you know where sinners go, and then that's where you are, right? It's one thing to walk in the way of sinners. You could, you could do that. Any of us can do that. But to stand in the way of sinners, now that's progression, Right? I'm not just walking now, I'm standing, and I'm standing in the way of the sinners. I'm with them. I'm in the stream, right? There's a sinner over there, there's a sinner over here. We all walking in line. We all stand together. This is where the sinners all go. And then it says, and sits in the seat of the scoffers. Now, that's even worse. What does it mean to sit in the seat? Well, I think about it in the sense of, what does it mean to sit in the seat of Congress, Right? If you're a scoffer, what is a scoffer? Somebody who mocks God's word, who mocks God's ways. And what does it mean to sit in that seat? That means you got a position of power. You're the mayor of Scoffville. You have progressed, right? You progressed from following the advice of sinful people to now you stand where sinners have to go through you, right? You're the bouncer at the center club. And now you're the mayor of Scoffville. And that's how the progression goes. Right? But what is the blessed man like? His delight is in the law of the Lord. In all his law, he meditates day and night. What's his delight? The law of the Lord. What does he meditate on? The law of the Lord. So what do you get there is whatever he meditates on is a thing that he delights in. Now let me tell you, that's true of everybody. Whatever you delight yourself in, that is what you could be described to meditate on. So if you love football, and you delight in that, you're going to meditate on football. And people who lust, right? They delight aspects of a woman's body, and that's what they meditate on, right? You could tell. They even their head follow, right? They meditating. That's what it is, right? You may say, man, that's kind of a crazy way to describe meditating. Well, that's a practical way of describing meditation because we don't know how easy it is for us to meditate on something. The song gets in our head and we start meditating on that song. We don't even know it. We start singing that song, right? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He gets joy out of God's law. Then in verse 3 and 4, we see a contrast between the righteous and the wicked, right? What's the righteous like? He's like a tree planted by streams of water. One thing about a tree planted by streams of water is it could, is it any better place for a tree to be, right? 
Is there any better place for a tree to be than be planted by streams of water? It doesn't matter if there's a drought, if there's a stream nearby, right? He will always have his sustenance. It yields his fruit in its season. And what I mean by that is a righteous person has predictably good results. If you plant a flower, like my grandmother, she always, she always talked to me about her plants when I come over. And she always would tell me, this tree will produce these fruit at this time. Don't you always say that, Grandma? You know that's a good fruit, that's a good tree if it produced at the time you told it to, right? Yep, you'll show it. It's predictable, right? It's like clockwork. You know these going to produce at this time. This plant's flower is going to come out at that time. That's a healthy plant. It produces at a regular schedule. That's what a righteous person does. They produce on a regular schedule. Now, if you got somebody and they produce here and they produce there, that's a weed. That's what weeds do. They grow up wildly, right? And they produce something and they die. But what does a tree do? A tree produces when it produces, right? There is a season where it's cheap to get oranges. Why? Because all the good orange trees, trees produce at the same time. There are such things as wild orange trees. They produce whenever they produce. But which one do you think you're going to make the most money cultivating? His leaf does not wither, and all that he does, they prosperous. How does he describe the wicked? He simply say he's the opposite. The wicked are not so. They're not like a tree planted by streams of water. They don't yield fruit in its season. Their leaf does wither. How does he describe them? He's like chaff that the wind drives away. When we think about chaff, we think about something that is inconstant. We can't even really describe chaff. I remember my dad was giving a sermon a couple years ago where he, had to, he gave out the peanuts, and he had people t move that little flake, right? And that's what he calls a chaff. And there's other ways of describing a chaff, right? Chaff could be simply when you burn wood and you have that little ash that's left over. Well, let me tell you something about chaff. No matter how you describe it, it's not good for anything. Right? It just gets in the way. If you want to describe chaff as the part of the plant that you don't want to eat, it might protect the plant. But when we want to use the plant, we get rid of the chaff. If I want to eat an orange, I get rid of the bill. If I want to eat a peanut, it will taste better when I push that little flaky stuff off. If I want my fireplace to work, I need to remove the ashes. And that's how it is with the wicked. They get in the way of productive behavior. That's why we move on to the end of both of them, verse 5, that the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Now what does he mean by that? Well, we can miss this a little bit. But what he simply means is this. The wicked will not stand in a judgment. What he means is when the judgment comes through, the wicked can't survive it. Imagine that we're all trees and the judgment is a storm. The wicked are the trees that are knocked down. And the righteous are the trees that keep standing. Because when they go through the judgment, everybody has to go through the judgment before they get to the congregation of the righteous. What's the congregation of the righteous? That's heaven. Only heaven could be said to be the only place where only righteous people are. Even a church can't be said that because anybody can come into church, right? 
when we talk about heaven, God has a gate, right? He stands outside. He has a book, and he says either you can come in or you can't. When I was at the rescue mission, I was describing this as God is the bouncer, and you trying to come in, right? And you trying to come in any old way, he ain't going to let you in. But we can go to the bouncer and say, I know you. And he can say, yeah, I know you. Get in. And then somebody else can come and they can say, oh, can I come in? He said, no, there's no room for you. But I look in there, I see some room. I remember we used to, well, we used to go to clubs when we was younger. And there would be plenty of room in there, right? And he'd be like, nope, can't come in. How come we can't come in? You know, then somebody famous to go in line after. Can I come in? Here, there's room for you all the time, buddy. You're like, what? I heard you. But that's how it is in heaven. God is sitting outside the gate. He's not letting everybody in. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. What does it mean that the Lord knows? Whatever the Lord doesn't know doesn't exist. There is no way of the wicked that will survive. God doesn't know of that. And if God doesn't know, right, it doesn't exist. There is no way for the wicked to survive to the end. But the righteous can. The way of the wicked will perish. The way of the righteous, God knows. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word going out, Lord. We thank you for your people and their testimonies. We thank you for showing us how it means to be blessed. Help us, Lord, to make our meditation, our delight, your law. We don't want to be like the chaff that are driven away, Lord. We want to be like the trees that are planted by the streams of water. That sounds so restful, Lord. But it means that we get to produce for you in our season. So, Lord, we pray that we will continue to be productive in our church. Help our church to grow. In your name we pray. Amen.